We're here today with Mike, Steve, and me in my Flashdance sweatshirt. Yes, and I don't have my Flashdance sweatshirt on today. I should have worn it. We, we thought about it, but we didn't coordinate our schedules quite well No, we didn't well coordinate enough. our schedules enough. No, who are we? So um, I'm Wade with Ridgewater College. I'm Mary with Ridgewater College. Am I? I guess I'm Mike with Ridgewater College then, <laughs> yeah, huh? Let's just okay, the how about, yeah, let's say this. This is the podcast. This is the podcast for Rethink, Repeat, and Relearn. Yeah, R-cubed. Our idea of R-cubed. Um, rethinking about curriculum. What are we doing? What are we changing? That's kind of the topic here. Uh, we don't have specific topic with specific topics with uh, <laughs> specific each topic. podcast, but that's kind of the general running idea is we talk. Um, we talk about instructors. We talk with instructors about what they're doing, what they're changing, uh, what works, what doesn't work. And today we have on Mike Sieve, our guest in from the math department. I like how you called it R cubed too. You yeah. you have this whole math theme to it already. Exactly. You know? Except like that. that's not the title of the podcast. The podcast title is the podcast. Well, because you can't like do exponential things in like You can't. You can't put a cube in, in there. In podcast. It's like You straight could do up. a trademark, but I don't think you can do a cube. Right? You can't. <laughs> Did you like that? So trademark. then it just turns into R three. Right. Which is R R R and then it just might as well be R two D two. Then we just yeah. sound like pirates. R R maybe. So So that's kind of where we're at. So we are here to talk a little bit about you and um, what what's your story? What makes you a little bit different? One of the words that keeps coming up all the time. We're gonna we're gonna go on a bunch of rabbit trails, but one of the words that keeps coming up and it's closely associated with you at the college is Quantway. Quantway, yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, like how long have you been at Ridgewater? Right. That sort of stuff. Absolutely. So I, it's unbelievable. I was thinking about that this morning. I've been at Ridgewater for this is my twenty second year at Ridgewater. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I 20, thought about that the other day because I think I'm 17. 22 years. I started in 1999 as a newbie teacher. Um, you know, I had come from Arizona where I was in grad school. And uh, i that's where I got my passion initially for teaching is out there. I never thought I'd be a teacher. And then all of a sudden it just all kind of fell into place. I moved back home to Minnesota. And yeah, I mean, I've been here 22 years wow. teaching. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. It's been great. Okay, so you teach... I mean, I remember when I started and you were more of a seasoned teacher and you taught, you taught primarily, I think even at that time, the upper level math classes. Right. So initially when I came to Ridgewater, um, a lot of the classes I taught were the college level math classes. So I taught anything from college algebra into the calculus sequence, into, uh, you know, the differential equations. Normally, um, the things that bared college level credit with, you know, a developmental class here and there that I would teach. Um, and as time went on, I started teaching more and more of the developmental classes, and that's kind of what led me down to the Quantway curriculum. So was it your decision, though, to start teaching those classes, or was that something that was kind of, you were told you are going to yeah, teach Yeah, you know, classes? when I first started at Ridgewater, I mean, the math department wasn't that big. Um, there weren't that wide variety of classes that were being offered. It was a traditional, you know, classes that they offered at community college, you know. Great. Developmental math classes, college algebra, calculus, boom, that was it. And we were kind of, that's what we offered. And... So when I started here, that was just what everybody did. So I did the same type of thing. Right. You know. So what led you, because Quantway is a different way of looking at developmental math. Quantway like, is a very different way of looking <laughs> at developmental math. Absolutely. So was it, I mean, was it you saying, I want to look at this? Or was it someone else saying, you should look at this? Or how did? So it was kind of interesting. What you happened? Know, yeah. So all of, um, 
or I want to say several of my colleagues from the math department were at a conference up in Duluth. Um, and every year we have an annual mathematics conference for teachers from around um, the state. And it's done in conjunction with the high school teachers as well. And we were at this, we were in a meeting with a bunch of the college professors, and one of the presenters started to talk about a program that was being developed um, by the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching in California. And they talked about trying to improve um, outcomes for developmental students and trying to um, you know, get the students to be more successful in math. And one of the, the key points that I remember from that presentation was they just said the biggest gatekeeper to a degree um, for college students right now is math. Right? Students are not earning their degrees because of their inability to complete math. And it's by no fault of these students, you know, it was just because the math that was being offered to them wasn't the math that they needed to successfully complete their degree. And so I really, we started thinking about it. We said, wow, we should look into this program. So actually, it wasn't just me, but it was all of us um, at Ridgewater. We, we kind of thought, mm, maybe this is something we want to look at a little bit more deeply. And so we did. Um, we spent actually a lot of time looking into the program. And once we decided that it was something that we wanted to pursue, we all made a commitment to getting trained in the curriculum. Um, you know, the, the deans and the vice president uh, felt like it was a really, really good idea. So they invested in it. And um, yeah, that's how we were brought to kind of the Quantway program. So then the next question is, you know, we've been talking about how'd you get there. What is it? Yeah, right, what, right. what is it? So, you know, I always tell everybody it's so much more than math um, because it, it really is. You know, I mean, um, a lot of times when people talk about a curriculum, Quantway is technically a curriculum. It's a math curriculum, but it's so much more than that. It's, um, you know, it's not just developing a student's mathematical skills. It's developing so much more than that. It's developing, um, you know, growth mindset ideas. It's sure. developing things like a sense of belonging. You know, it's sure. really trying to, trying to get these students to feel well, like they belong. Well, it's really belong. teaching to the whole, the whole student. Exactly. The whole student. It's teaching to the whole student, not just the mathematic portion of the student. And that, that's one of the things that I really like about it um, because it, it addresses so many things more than just mathematics related. Um, you know, so many of these students that we have that, especially the developmental math students, they come in with such a fear of mathematics. <laughs> oh, totally. Wait, I could ask you, and I could have probably asked you, Mary, <laughs> yeah. how do you feel about math? And what yes. do you guys say? I, I can do, you know what I've learned to say? I can do math, I can. I used to always say, oh, I'm not good at math. I'm not a math person. I can do math. It's just, it is not my strength. So maybe maybe you've taken Quantway already. It almost sounds like you have because that's the well, exact. Well, I have a growth mindset. Yeah. Well, that, this is the exact <laughs> mindset that we want our students to have, though, because so many, the first day of class, I ask so many of my students that are enrolled in you know, a development math class, I say, how do you guys feel about math? And they're petrified. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had a student on a different podcast, and it was interesting because he said the only way that he can learn to do his homework, this is ag-related, not math-related, is he has to tie it into something in real life. That means something and, to him. And that's, that, that's basically what we're talking about here is it's not, we're not just doing algebra to do algebra. We're tying it into a real-life situation where you need to figure something out so that you can either survive or thrive. Exactly. Um, a couple years ago, I had the uh, the the luxury of being at present day uh, at present duty day. day. Duty present day. I would I like to be at present, present day. day. Present day was amazing. <laughs> I got this shirt <laughs> on it. This. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start all over again. Try that again. 
A couple years ago, I was at a uh, Our Duty Day uh, presentation, conference, whatever you want to call it, that we have for Ridgewater, and you were one of the presenters. Do you remember what you presented? I want to I want to talk about like a specific example for those people who are getting the idea of what Quantway is and and what you do in the classroom. Uh, the what you did that day made me completely rethink what math can be in the classroom for me, for my kids, for my students, that it can be enjoyable and it can be a real life experience as opposed to separating homework from the real world. Right, right. No, I, I remember that day very well, you know, and it was, it, that was what I was about to say about the, you know, the Quantway curriculum. It's so much more than just a math curriculum. It's all this other stuff, but then the curriculum itself is so different than any other math curriculum. Like you said, it's not algebra. It is algebra, but it's not done as yeah, algebra. And it's exponents, but it's exponents. In a different way. It's yeah. in a real, so, so the best way to describe it is it's math that you can use every single day. And it's math that um, you really use to ask questions about things that are presented to you. Because every day, every single day, we are all inundated with so much information. And a lot of times that information is about numbers. And you know, anytime you read something on the internet, anytime you hear something on a podcast, anytime you, you know, yeah. you hear anything, all right, it's always, you know, they're, oh, 68% of people do this or blah, blah, blah. Yep. And all the number doubles every year. Right. And so then, th yeah. this is what so you So this is what we were getting at, right? Yep, so, yep. I mean, you know, we, we looked at um, a statement that had actually been sent out to um, a bunch of households across America. And this happened probably in 2010 or something. But the statement said every year since 1970, the number of American children gunned down has doubled. That's what it said. Yeah, yeah it said something like that. And so I handed this sheet out to everybody in the presentation. I do this still in my class, you know, with this ad on it that said every year, really bold statement, every year the number of children gunned down has been doubled. And people read that and they're like, ooh, wow. Uh -huh. That's going to be in a million. In my head, I think we're in the millions. Think of this as an Instagram post or a Facebook exactly. post. Because along with that statement, we each had a visual. Yeah. And each visual at each table was different. Was different. Exactly. So that statement meant something different for law enforcement, and it meant something different for a mother, right. and it meant something different for somebody who's in a gang. Right. So, and yeah, so I mean, so not only there was there a statement, but like you said, there was a visual, and everybody then jumped to their own conclusions about what's this information trying to persuade me to think about, all right? Um, and all right, after we started to analyze it a little bit, you know, the first question we always ask ourselves in Quantway is, does this statement seem reasonable? Is the information that we're presenting with a reasonable type of statement to make? And I asked that of everybody on that duty day, I remember. And a lot of people said, oh, it seems like it should be a reasonable statement. Yeah, sure. I could agree with that, right? Sounds like a lot, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? uh, so a lot, of, a lot of people were like, yeah, okay, so what's the whole point of this, Mike? Why are you giving us a statement like this? And I said, okay, well, now let's try to think about it from a mathematical perspective. So we talked about the whole idea. What does it mean to double? And we got a lot of different perspectives. Some people say, oh, you just... Multiply it by two. Yep. Other and we wrote it out. And you some wrote it out, exactly. Exponents, and yeah. some people did times, 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 and right. they actually did each number, yep. and they sequentially kind of wrote it out until they came up with a giant. Some people pulled out their calculators, I'm right. sure, <laughs> and knew how to use it and knew how to do it on the calculator because we had to back calculate, right? If it said 1970, let's just say 1970, I don't right. remember what it, it was. was yeah. And then we're in, we were in, you know, whatever year, we had to figure out how many years is that. Right. Um, right. And then I think the, the aha moment was when you had said, okay, let's just assume 
one person or two people were gunned down. Right. In 1970. In 1970. Yeah. And then Let's we start started, with the lowest yeah. number that we can. Yeah, exactly. And now double it. And then we doubled it. And that's 71. And it went on to 72. And by the time we got to 1998, we had a problem. I, I'm just making that up. You no, know, you're right. We did. I, we I, had a huge problem. We had a huge problem because <laughs> the number at that point was more than the population of the world. More than the whole population. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, there's your aha moment like there. Right? Oh, my gosh. How can this be? Yeah. You know? And then if you kept doing it, it ended up that in 2015, 35 trillion children were gunned down by gun violence. And we all realized, okay, this doesn't make sense right. at this point. But by framing it in a real world context like that with, hey, this could have very well showed up at your doorstep you know, in the mail two days ago, and you would have never thought anything more about it. You would have said, you know yeah. what? Hey, it seems like somebody printed it, so it's reasonable. And it's, it's not even that it was intentionally trying to be misleading necessarily. It wasn't. Because it was, I forget what the real math was. Well, so you did the real math, but what had happened was somebody such as Mary, an English person that wanted to, <laughs> that wanted to that have wanted some spiffy language, they wanted to wordsmith it a little bit. They changed the language. So they, there was an article that they found that reported data about the number of children being killed by gun violence. In the original article, it said something to the effect that um, since 1970, the number of American children gunned down has doubled. Yeah. So meaning the implication there is it's doubled once yeah. since 1970. Right, right. But when they reworded the phrase, they said every year, yeah. which means so every year it's doubling, which changes its context completely. Right. And it's just subtle things like that that are completely unintentional, but they completely change the meaning. Of I'm going to jump ahead, Mary. I know this is not on our, on our list. Not that we ever have any kind of a list here. <gasps> rabbit uh -oh. trail, rabbit um, trail. No, no, but... Because it's very, it's very similar to what we're talking about, but it's real life and it's right now. We're dealing with COVID. Yeah. COVID's a, a lot of people are following the numbers. And to follow the numbers is important because they have to be accurate and you have to be able to understand what we're talking about. Vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're talking about percentages of people dying. Like all of those are, are, are relevant and they're important. And I don't want to make this, this isn't about... Um, COVID necessarily, but that's a real life situation where math plays into it. Right. And it gives us a lot of different scenarios because it's not a matter of believing in one kind of math. It's right. about knowing how to... How math works in order to tell the story. The, the right math, right. like the real math. Well, and right. a lot of it can be real math, but it can be presented in such a way that it's trying to maybe intentionally or unintentionally mislead you. Absolutely. You know? So, I mean... You, have, you really need to have uh, the mindset to think about math from a totally different perspective. So, and that's what Quantway kind of does. Right. So that question, leads question me. things sometimes. Yeah. Question, all, not question things all, sometimes, question them all the time. One of the biggest compliments I ever got from one of my students was that exact thing. She left my classroom one day, and this was at the end of the semester, and she kind of turned around and she's like, you know what? One of the biggest takeaways that I'll have from this class, she said, I am never going to trust another number that I see. I'm going to question everything <laughs> I see. And I say, perfect. That's yep. exactly what I wanted you to take away from this class. Because that's important. Being able to understand numbers and make sense of them for yourself is the most important thing. I think it's so interesting because when, so I'm going to speak for both of us because we're similar ages. But in, I mean, in all of us, like math was so rote 
and so formulaic. I mean, it is formula, right? But, and black and white. And, and all of a sudden you're like preaching to the choir over here of, wait, there's gray area. And the gray area isn't the formula. Mm -hmm. It's the information that goes into the formula, right? right? Like, how do we understand that? And, and so how has this changed? Because you leave Quantway and then you go teach DiffEQ. Yeah. And you go, you so, go teach calc. Like, right. how does Quantway, like this flipped classroom, this sort of thinking about math differently, has it impacted the way you teach your other classes? Absolutely it has, definitely. You know, because when I thought about teaching a traditional math class in the past, I always thought, okay, you know, we're trying to teach this specific topic, and this is how we teach it, and this is what the student needs to learn, and these are the procedures that they need to go through, and these are the eight steps they need to follow to get to an answer. Yep. And after teaching Quantway, I realized that um, there's a lot of other ways that students can approach these problems, and they're valid ways to approach problems. I mean, from day one, I have a lot of students that don't know how to solve a problem, but they try to use trial and error just to guess and check to see if they get an answer right. Is that valid mathematically? Absolutely it is. It takes more time, all right? But that's how it works for those individual students. Um, so really, it's led me to open my mind a lot more about other ways of doing math besides maybe some of the traditional ways that I think about math in the past. Um, and it does translate into other areas like calculus. I just gave a calculus test the other day and I was grading through the exams and a student wrote down something, I read it, I said, gosh, I don't really think this student has a good idea, so I took off some points. You know, I gave him partial credit, I took off some points. Student emailed me 24 hours after getting their test. And they said, Mr. Steve, I, I understand, I read your comments on the exam, um, however, when I was doing the exam, this is, what, this is how I was approaching it, and this is, the, this is how I interpreted your question, and this is how I got my result. And I read the whole thing, I said, wow, that's a perfectly valid way to do it. Gave him all his points back, because it was, and I didn't think of it from that perspective. So I've started to open my mind up, I think, a lot more about those other ways of thinking about things, because they're really, really valid. It is, so it's interesting, because one of the things, because you and I have talked a little bit, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm this heretic in the corner that's doing this ungrading, and, and we've had arguments about what is a zero. That's a whole other podcast, Right, that's a Mary. whole other <laughs> right? And you, I mean, we've had, like. Right, we have. One of our colleagues was telling me I was crazy, because I was like, well, what's a zero? Like, you shouldn't be giving zeros. Anyways, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's, that's a new one. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But really what comes into this whole, at the base of ungrading, right, is moving away from transactional to relational, you know? And, and I think in many ways what you're saying is echoing like all the things I've learned in ungrading is that you're moving back away from that transactional sort of relationship with a student to really looking at the, the relationship right. with the absolutely. student. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's one of the really, really big things about the quant way. You know, you really you really get to know the students a lot better um, because of the way in which things are being taught and because of the interactions that take place on a daily basis with the students. And I think I have a much better understanding of what my Quantway students know and what they've learned, maybe as opposed to my calculus students. Even though I'm trying to implement some of the same things, um, you know, in, in a calculus class, you know, there's only so much of that that you can do and there's, there, there's certain ways that you have to assess and you have to well math for so many of us is black and white yeah and this sounds like it's not it's not gray area that you're introducing but grayer yeah you're <laughs> but, but but the space between is different it is it very is it's it, a dark it, shadow it's a, it's a dark shadow <laughs> we just we have the title for the 
podcast now. The Dark Shadow. The Dark Shadow. Is that the host name or what? <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. I, I am, am Dark Shadow. Dark Shadow. Shadow. <laughs> I'm Light Shadow. <laughs> what did I say that one day? Uh-huh. I am human. <laughs> but again, that actually, I mean, again, you've Absolutely. you've moved away from from teaching the body, mm-hmm. right, to teaching right. the human. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, have. So then how has COVID changed your approach? Like, so, is it possible to teach? It is. Quant- wait. It, so <laughs> well, in the past, was, your so, classes were in person? So in, in the past, so that's another thing that set Quantway kind of apart from most traditional math classes is the curriculum is di- designed, sorry, in such a way that the students work together in groups to complete activities. With um, me being there to facilitate discussions, but me not necessarily being there to give them every piece of information that they necessarily need. And, and that was a big struggle for me because I'm used to, here you go, this is what you need to know. And I just write things on the board and we talk about them. And I, I'm so used to presenting all the information to them and then they're just supposed to digest it all and spit it back out. And it doesn't work that way. And we found that it doesn't, that, that's not how you learn math. You learn math by doing. Just like when you want to learn the piano, what do you have to do? You got to practice. You got to practice the piano. You don't walk into a, a, a piano classroom when you're learning to play the piano and a teacher comes to the front of the room and says, hey, I'm going to teach you how to play the piano today. And they play for 45 minutes and then they get up and they say, did you learn anything? No, that's not <laughs> how you learn by doing, right? right? So in a traditional math classroom, it was the instructor would always do things on the board, do things on the board, do things on the board, turn around and say, do you guys get it now? Yep. And all the students would be like, sure, sure, mm-hmm. we get it, right. you know, when you can tell they don't. So in this group setting, the students work. Did you see my face? Turn and run. I was like this. Great. Like, don't ask me any questions. Don't ask me any right? questions. But that's so what we do, especially we talked about this with we talked about this with Lindsay on a previous podcast where she said, "Okay, you guys get it." And before anybody can even say no, she's like, "Good, I'm out." Yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> they don't right? want to have to do that. Right. So, so yeah. So yeah. So I mean, in the Quantway classroom now, it's all collaborative, working together. And I have to take a step back, and yes, I bring everybody together uh, eventually, and we discuss our ideas that we found. But it's led to great learning opportunities because one group will be doing a problem one way, and another group will be doing a problem completely different, and a third group will do something a completely different way. But then at the end, we can bring them all back together, and we can talk about, okay, you did it this way, you did it this way, you did it this way. We all got similar answers, and we can develop all the connections between the mathematics which was great when we were in person. It happened all the time, and you could hear all these great conversations going on in the classroom, and it, it was a really rich experience for everybody involved. Moving to the online environment was definitely a challenge. All right? um, I'm not going to lie to you. We still tried to do all the group work, and thankfully, because of Zoom, and I was able to adapt fairly quickly to using things like breakout rooms in Zoom and trying to facilitate all of that stuff, it was a challenge because I wasn't able to hear the entire classroom at one time. Sure. I had to jump from room to room to room. Um, but doing via Zoom in a synchronous environment worked out really, really well for me. It was just a natural extension of the classroom. When you were had them in Zoom, like when you were in breakout rooms, this is just something I was thinking about. Did you have them, like were they each working on a separate thing and then talking about it? Or did you have like a Google Doc or a Jamboard that they were writing on together? So some instructors did use like a Jamboard or a Google Doc that they could communicate their ideas together. Um, embedded within Zoom, there is a, a whiteboard, whiteboard feature that they can use. And I mentioned that to my students. But most of the time, I mean, they had their book, all right? And in their sure. book, they have these activities that they're supposed to be working on collectively. So. The expectation was I'd get them into groups, we st- or I, we'd have a class discussion, and we'd say, okay, now we're gonna talk about this problem, we'd introduce the problem, 
And then I'd send them off to their groups. And in their groups, they'd discuss these things with one another in their groups, working together to collectively solve the problem. So it wasn't like I wanted them each to individually work on the problem and then just look up and say, hey, did you get answer you know, of 2,804? No, I wanted them to talk the whole time that they were you know, working on the problem together to right. collectively solve it. Right. And that's, I would be jumping from group to group to group. And a lot of times I'd just jump in and listen. I wouldn't even say anything. They'd see me show up and they'd be like, oh, he's here that's again, you know, and they just keep working. Or if they weren't maybe necessarily um, working together, I'd try to prompt them with some questions. Say, how, how could you maybe do this? Or what are, what are some of these things that you could talk about in order to facilitate a deeper understanding and a deeper discussion about it? So it was a lot of that moving from group to group to group in the Zoom environment. For a synchronous environment, Quantway, you know, it was able to function quite nicely. Um, and most recently now, um, with the asynchronous environment, we've switched to a new platform that Quantway's delivered on, and it has built-in Zoom capabilities. So students work through activities in groups. They still have, they're still required to work in a group, but it's not, or it's not led by an instructor. They, um, their group decides when they want to meet. So nice. their group is synchronous among themselves, They're, but the class is asynchronous. Exactly. The class right. is asynchronous, but there's that synchronous component that they have to be able to meet up with two or For three sure. other students. Um, and it's worked out really, really well. I have not taught using that platform yet um, because I'm still in person. And Wilmer but Campus has though, right? Paul, Paul Oswald is teaching right now using that. Um, and he says it's working really, really well. And I, I, I one of the great things about the Quantway curriculum is it's not just a curriculum, but it's a network across the country. So I have colleagues from across the country that I can check in with any time that I need to, and we are able to share our ideas with each other. And so a lot of these instructors from you know Georgia or from New York or from Ohio or even Wisconsin, whatever, we talk about what we're doing in our classrooms. I have and so many comments. Like the asynchronous stuff opens up the door for students that couldn't traditionally take that time off. Yep. They ha didn't have daycare. They were working or whatever. So. It, it may not be a hundred percent fit with in-person synchronous, but it sounds like it's they're still learning. They're they're still learning, and they, they, the the neat thing about it is they have the opportunity to interact with other students from their class that they don't normally get in a typical asynchronous class. Well, and I think you're still addressing the need of the whole human, right? You are. Like you're because you're we know. I mean. I would prefer to be in a classroom face to face always, right? But not every student can do that or needs that. And so we have to offer all these different yep. ways for well, them to learn. But we would have never offered all these different ways. <laughs> if we hadn't had our hand forced. Right. We were totally, <laughs> right. Right. We, would we, have, we would have not done it. We didn't right. know what we were missing. Right. right. I'm yep. not saying that that's like a missing piece, but it's another option. Right. And I'm not saying I would ever want to do everything I had to do in COVID again, but there are, yeah. there are definitely things that we learned. There are some huge positives. That because came I out know of it. Yep. prior to this, you were not a fan of quantum. Right. I mean, I, I know we did it, but it, you were not like, this is the way to go. Right. But now you do see that there are some positives, that there are ways you can do it that there can work. There absolutely are. I, I, and I think that that's the key. I think there are ways that we can um, address the needs of all students. So I think. You know, ha being able to offer it asynchronously, I think, is very, very important moving forward. Being able to offer it synchronously online, maybe it still is important. Being able to offer it in person is also still important. I think we still need to have all of these different opportunities for students to best serve our students' needs. And, you know, like you said, some students, they can't make it on campus every right. day. They can't make it on campus hardly ever, but they still want to pursue their dream of getting a, some type of a degree. Yeah. And I think we still have to have that option open to them. And I think 
that through the development of the Quantway in its online format right now, it does address that need. It still is teaching the mathematics, but it's still teaching them all these other things because you know they're still addressing the sense of belonging issue. They're still addressing the um, you know can I actually do math? You know um, they're still addressing well, self efficacy, right? Yeah, self efficacy. Like, exactly. Look what I did. Look yeah, what I did. Exactly. And and they still have the support system. I mean, one of the one of the big overarching goals of Quantway is to develop a support system among the students. I mean, that's really what, our, what we want to do. We want to develop a sense of community in the classroom. And in the classroom, in an in-person classroom, that can be done pretty easily. But now, through the use of Zoom and these other opportunities, you can even develop it in the asynchronous classroom just as well. And I think about those students in the asynchronous classroom who are less likely to ask a question because now they're, you know, they're floating in the ether, right? But you, when you're able to still foster that sense of belonging, they're more likely to come forward and say, hey, our group has, because now they're not saying I have a question, but they're able to say our yep. group, our group has is, a question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so they're more willing to. They're much more comfortable in that setting because, you know, in the classroom, they're always afraid to raise their hand because they don't want to look like the one student that has, I've got that stupid question again. And right. I always tell them in a classroom, if you have that question, I guarantee you half the other class has the same question. Right. You know, so please don't be afraid to ask. But they're still a little shy and maybe they, you know, eventually in the classroom, especially in the quantum classroom, they do understand that, hey, I'm going to ask questions because I know all the, these people that are sitting around me have the same questions. Right. And, and, yep. and we're all in the same boat well, they're, they're probably going, you ask them. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they, they're them. starting to, you know, read each other's facial expressions right. where they're like, you know, I'm con I'm going to ask the question because you're right. totally confused yeah. too. Yeah, I exactly. can see it. And that happens all the time. And yeah. they feel comfortable doing that just because of the way in which the material is presented. And I hope I come off as an instructor that's, you know, easily approachable. And, and I think they do feel that sense of comfort in the, the Quantway classroom for sure. I think it's truly because you were Birkenstocks with stocks. I mean, I mean, I <laughs> Birkenstocks with socks. Did you hear what I said? Birkenstocks with stocks is what I said. And you have your nose pierced. Yes. Yep, that's and I'm totally. Out my yep, hair yeah, my COVID totally. Hair. <laughs> I like it. I Those like are it. all the things that make That's you approachable. It. Super That's approachable. It. Totally. Right. <laughs> That's why I wear my 80s sweatshirt. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, I need a mohawk. <laughs> I will pay money to see that. Yeah. Oh man, you know? it would it's be gonna good. have to be artificial. Could you do some type of a beard hawk somehow? I could. Yeah, just, you a know, beard hawk. Totally yep. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I just want to say that I am super thankful that you said you'd come and and Absolutely. talk with us. I appreciate and the offer. We'd love to have you come back again, like sure. in a year or two, and just revisit where are you at now? What Definitely. what have you learned about yourself now? Because. Mm -hmm. One of the things we didn't get to talk about today really was what you've learned about yourself yeah. and all of this. And so we'd like to um, ask some of those questions about you as a learner sure. and teacher and stuff. For sure. Too. For sure. We'd love okay. to come back. Thanks for coming, Mike. Thank you awesome. so Thank much. You. Have a good weekend. Fun. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Bye. -bye. <laughs>